continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem as we're instructed in Scripture to do that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. Tonight, I'll be preaching on the judgment seat of Christ. We started this on Wednesday night, introduced the, the thought, and tonight we'll be continuing about the judgment seat of Christ. Very important that we understand that there is not one general judgment that we have in the future. If you are a Christian, you'll be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. If you're not a Christian, you'll be judged at the great white throne judgment. Two separate judgments. We will have our judgment out of the way by the time of the great white throne judgment. And that'll be good to have that behind us. At the judgment seat of Christ, we will receive rewards for what we've done for the Lord. And we'll suffer loss if we have not served the Lord. Today we're going to look at Ephesians 2, verse 8. To 10 it says for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them some of the things in the Bible are hard to be understood. If someone tells you they understand all of the Bible, they have not gotten off the surface of the Bible. There are many things in the Bible that are difficult to understand, and some are outright impossible to understand. Even the Apostle Paul, when he talked about his, his uh, vision or his dream or his actual transportation in Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 12, said that I don't, ha- I don't know how to explain this. And he was the Apostle Paul. There are some things difficult. But when it comes down to whether you're going to spend eternity in heaven or hell, God has made it plain and God has made it simple. The important stuff are easy to understand. Jesus is the Savior, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can stop right there. We're saved through trusting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now, if you go outside the Bible, it gets complicated because it's not true. Truth ought to be pretty simple when it comes to the most important issue. Now, what Paul is saying here in our passage, the first thing I think we need to bring out that he says is that salvation is by grace without any works whatsoever. Salvation is totally and solely by grace. Verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the what? Gift of God. Grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. God's unmerited favor is the definition of grace. So I ask this question, why is it of grace? Why grace? Number one, because we're all sinners by nature and sinners by choice. All of us sin. It's a fact. There's no, there's no way around it. We sin, and when we become a Christian, we, we don't want to sin because we love Jesus, but still yet we fall short of the grace of God or the, 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 the standards of God, and, and we're saved by grace, and God has mercy on us. Adam 
sin nature was passed down upon all of us because we're his descendants. Over in the Revelation, not Revelation, Romans chapter 5, verse 9, Romans 5, 19, rather, it says this, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. One man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. And that one is the Lord Jesus Christ. In uh, Romans 3.10, a couple pages over, it says this, As it is written, how many? There is none righteous, no, not one. All of us sin. We sin much before we're saved, and we continue to fall short of God's glory and sin after we're saved. So the believer will sin until the day they're glorified in a new body, right? There's not any evidence of anyone that ever stopped sinning in this body. Now, why is it by grace? Number one, because we're all sinners by nature and sinners by choice. But secondly, because Christ didn't die for the righteous. He died for sinners. I was talking to a lady this last week, and I about made her choke when I said she deserved to go to hell. I, I, I'm not making fun of her. It's just we, people in religion want to be good enough to go to heaven. But you can never be good enough to go to heaven. But God committed his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, let me say this. When it comes to sin, I recommend you don't sin. Don't get this as a, as a uh, permission to go sin. The Bible says in Romans 6, 1, uh, should we continue in sin? He said, God forbid. We should not. But even at our best effort, we fall short. And if you're depending on your works to get you to heaven, you're never going to have any confidence because you can't have any confidence in the flesh. Jesus loves us. He died for us. He gave his bloodshed for us on the cross. He loves us. He became our substitute. For uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, I recommend you memorize 2 Corinthians 5.21, for it says, For he made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And that him there, capital H-I-M, is Jesus. First Peter, First uh, Peter two twenty four. Let me read this one to you. It says this: Who, his own self, bear our sins? Who his own self bear our sin in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. Now. That, that verse there is not talking about physical healing in the sense that you pray and get healed. That's not what it's talking about. We have been healed in our relationship with God because of the death of Christ on that cross. He bore our sins. He carried our sins to the cross at Calvary, and there he paid for our sin on the cross at Calvary. That's the truth. We should live for him. We should honor him. We should not sin because we love him. Amen. The death of Jesus was substitutionary for us. You know, we die because we're sinners. Adam would have never died if he would have never sinned. 
He died because sin entered in. He died. And you and I die because we sin. Okay? More than that, because we have a sin nature. We, we don't even have to sin. We could be a little baby and, and die never having committed a sin, but we die anyway because we have the sin nature inherited from Adam. Okay? But our death will not atone for our sin. You take, for example, a person that uh, murders someone and they're sentenced to capital punishment and they die, however means that capital punishment is carried out, they do not atone for what they did. They just paid with their life. You cannot fix what you destroyed. Only the death of Jesus Christ. Why Jesus? Because he is a sinless Savior that died for us. So that's why it's for grace. How is it by grace? Verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith. We're saved through faith. God gives us the gift of faith. Every man, every woman, every boy girl has a measure of faith. Now, you should take that faith and place it in Jesus as your Savior. But you should grow that faith by reading God's Word, studying God's Word, hearing God's Word, preach this Bible that I have before me. You know, you're in the right place today. You're hearing the Word of God. You're learning something from the Word of God. You should be here tonight and learn some more. You should read the Bible you should study the Bible because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We need to grow our faith and develop our faith. And guess what? I got bad news for some of you. When we get at the judgment seat of Christ, there's going to be a test. Maybe the first question be, how many books are there in the Bible? You got that one down? How many testaments in the Bible? You got that one down? Uh, where are the four Gospels located? You got that one? You know, the test is going to be more difficult than that one, right? But God's going to want you to know things. You're not saved to sit. You're saved to absorb. And we are to absorb the Word of God. We are to feast on the Word of God. We're to grow in the Word of God. He even told us as newborn babes, we should desire the Word of God that we might grow thereby. And the Christian faith is this. If you get saved... You should be becoming like the Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me tell you how that works. You grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And the closer you grow to Jesus Christ, the more farther you away you feel from the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you start to realize how worthless you really are in the flesh as you grow in Christ. But how is it by grace? It's through faith. And faith is not a work, it's a gift of God. God gives it to us. And faith is not just an intellectual agreement to the facts, but it's a commitment of our will to trust in. I, there's a bridge between here and town, and it's kind of twisted in the road. And everybody knows the bridge I'm talking about. It's kind of twisted in the road. They try to straighten it out some, but it's a great illustration of faith. When you go down there, some of you don't realize how bad that bridge used to be. It, you, by faith, you crossed that bridge. You trusted that the highway department, oh, my goodness, Ben's a member of that thing. I don't know. I'm on, somebody got a dozer? We can build us a road by there. Y'all know what's big and yellow and sleeps for? A highway department truck. <laughs> hey, 
That bridge down there, you trust it'll hold you up, don't you? And then you cross it. Now, some of you, in your, with your mouth, you have said, I trust Jesus. But in your heart, are you trusting him? Have you crossed the bridge of the cross of Christ? See, that cross is that bridge that takes us from being a man dying in our sin, a woman dying in her sin, to being on God's side and going to heaven and spending heaven, heaven spend eternity in heaven. See, some people are going to miss heaven by 18 inches, head to heart. For with the heart man believes to righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hey, we, uh, when we're saved, we have a great appreciation for Christ. We have a great love for Christ. And this appreciation and love for Christ motivates us not to sin. But it doesn't guarantee we will not. Are you saved? Salvation is more than just accepting the facts. Now, when we talk about being saved by grace, for by grace are you saved through faith, grace cannot tolerate any mixture of works. You cannot have a mixture of works. Look at verse 9. He says, not of works, lest any man should boast. Did you see that? Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. Turn with me to... Uh, Romans 11, 6. Romans 11, 6. I hope you've taken some notes. When's the last time you tried to mix all in water? It doesn't mix very well. It makes some kind of white stuff, right? When you mix all in water, at least it separates. Now notice verse 11, verse 6 of chapter 11, Romans 11. He says this, And if by grace, and if it's by grace, then it is no more works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, works is no more works. Are you confused? Reading that gets you confused if you, if you don't follow it closely, what it's saying. But what he is saying is we're saved by grace through faith without any mixture of works. No human effort. Hearing and trusting hearing and trusting and listen if you try to add to that you're trying to help God out you don't work for God to be saved you work for God because you're saved don't add to it there's no room for boasting when we get to heaven when we get to heaven we're not going to be up there and say man I'm so glad I made it I'm so glad Boy, I held on to the end. There's not going to be any of that. It's all going to be bowing to Jesus and saying, all the honor and all the glory goes to Jesus. There's no honor for us. There's no glorification for ourselves. And if we earn any portion of salvation, we can take some credit. And when we get to heaven, there's not going to be any of that. It's all going to be for the honor and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 3, look at it with me, verse 27, verse 27, he says, you, you ready? Where is boasting? That's what he said. Where is boasting then? Where is it? Look at it. It is excluded. Amen? Where is boasting then? It is ex excluded. By what law? Of works? No. That's what he said. Nay but by the law of faith. Here's what the apostle is saying. 
in that verse in chapter 3. He said, if we were saved by any portion of our good works, we would have something to brag about when we get to heaven. Where is that excluded? He said, by the law of faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's nothing to do with us. We hear and we trust it. And I'll tell you what, you'll never have any assurance. You'll never have any assurance about your salvation until you just narrow it down to this, that I heard and I'm trusting God at his word that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Now, you can serve God and you can do good works if you get that down and understand that. Grace cannot tolerate any, any mixture of works. He said, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, works demonstrate our salvation. Who needs works? We don't, but guess what? The people out there that are lost, they think you need to be living it. Amen? Works come after you're saved, not to bring about your salvation. Verse 10, look at it. I've got to get my page back over, and I've got so many references. He says this, For we are His. Can we stop right there? His. We're not ours. We're His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Doesn't say because there, does it? It says, unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in Him. Here's what you can do and relate works to salvation. The only thing you can do with that is say, well, if a person doesn't live for Christ, it makes me question whether they really are saved or not. That's all you can do with it. But you can't associate it with salvation itself. Follow me? Notice, for we are His workmanship Who's his? Some of us would do well to stop trying and start trusting. Stop trying and start trusting. I do believe this. I do believe this. I couldn't quit if I wanted to. I couldn't stop if I wanted. Listen, I have, I have tasted the good gift. I have tasted the good gift. I have trusted the good Lord Jesus, the Savior. And, Lord, I sin more than I want to. How many can raise their hand and say they sin more than they want to? Now, let me get you on that. How many don't sin as much as they want to raise their hand? Oh, boy, I raised my hand both times. I'm a mess, amen? You a mess? You ain't going to ever figure you out until you figure out you're a mess. I don't sin as much as I want to. That's true. I sin more than I want to. I got to admit, that's true. Hey, listen, folks, we're saved by grace. If it was in our hands, we'd lose it in a minute. Go with me to John 10. Go with me to John 10. I need to take you over here. John 10. I'm going to tell you something. I wrestled all week to get to this text this morning. There has been, it had been a very, it's been a long time since I wrestled where to preach from because I, I feel like I know where, but God has been trying to get me here all week. And I'm here. He says this in John 10. He says in verse 26. We'll begin right there. But ye believe not. But ye believe not because ye are not my sheep. As I said unto you, 
my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Do you belong to Jesus? You know in your heart whether you belong to Jesus or not. Right then, right there, that old confirmation word came in my heart. How many, how many knows what I'm talking about? You belong to Jesus. I didn't ask, are you good? Because, oh boy, I've been condemned. Do you belong? He said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. He said, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall, when? Never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Uh, some person was there. Now, preacher, you can take yourself out of God's hand. Oh, why would you? Why would you? Would you do that? Are you that stupid? Oh, God, I've sinned today. I know you don't want to pluck me out of your hand, but I don't deserve to be in your hand. I'm going to just pluck myself. You are, aren't you a man or a woman? That means you can't pluck yourself out. Hey, you know what some folks do? Some folks need, they just need to get saved. <laughs> it's nothing to boast about, but it's something to be sure thankful for. And, and listen, don't think for a minute that you're not saved. I'm not, I don't want to cause you to doubt your salvation, but if you do have some question, you need to come during this altar today, and you need to get a settled. It's wonderful to be saved and to know it. Faith, see, justifies us. Works follow our salvation, right? They follow, but we're saved by faith. And faith justifies the sinner, but the works justify the faith. That's what James said, isn't it? I won't take you to James and show you that, but it's a reality that, that faith justifies us before God, and when we have good works, it justifies our faith to people that are looking at us. I have people... Uh, I hear people say, well, I, I would go to that church, but boy, I don't like the people that go up there. I heard that. I said, well, I, I don't like everyone, everyone I'm coming up there either, but it don't keep me from going. Amen? I say, I say, you know, I go down to Harp's grocery store. I don't like everybody that goes there. Some people go there pretty bad. They don't stop me from going. I still go. Hey, you can't, that's, a, that's an excuse. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. That person that says it is just as sorry as us. It's just an excuse. Don't mean anything. Folks, we're saved by grace through faith. And then we, we work, we serve the Lord to win others to Christ, to be a good example. But it's not in our hands. We're in His hands. And we are a sheep that hears His voice. Matthew chapter 7 says that not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, that he doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Let me ask you, what is the will of the Father, which is in heaven? It's that they repent and turn to Jesus Christ. That's the will of God. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance, that they all come to turn to Christ. That's the way to be saved. And then, of course, Matthew 7, verse 20 says, By their fruit you should know them. Now, how many has ever heard of being a fruit inspector? I've never had that job. I was never assigned that job. I'm not to look at you and say, You know, I don't think Boone's saved. That's not my job. 
It's my job to look at my heart and judge sin in my heart. I'm not, where's this idea of, yeah, God made me a fruit inspector. Oh, so you're a big old judge or something. You're not supposed to be inspecting fruit. And I'll tell you what, Lord Jesus, I pray right now, every fruit inspector get a condemnation on their life this week. Just mess up big time and, and inspect your own fruit. There's nothing to those things. We should be more interested in honoring Jesus, living for Jesus, and loving the brethren. You got a person that's got problems going to church, you need to be loving on that person and praying for that person, not condemning that person. Right, there it is. Hey, it's a life-changing experience to get saved, but it's also a life-changing experience to understand the nature of God and what the Bible teaches us. And I'm trying to get you to understand the nature of God and what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that we're to love people. We're a new creature. We're to live for Christ, but we are not going to be perfect. And I'm not making an excuse for sin. I'm just saying the reality. A saved person lives a changed life, but they're not, they're not always perfect. And there's a besetting sin. There's things that give us trouble, that gives us difficulty, which reminds us of our need for the Holy Spirit in our lives. But some people will, con will, will be contrary to what I'm saying today. And it makes me wonder, are they truly trusting Jesus as their Savior? Notice in verse 10, he says, for we are his workmanship. We're his workmanship. Who's designing? Who's working in your... Hey, you know what? You're, here's your goal. Be in church. Be in church all the time. Read the Word of God. Pray. Try to witness. Read the Word. Be in church. Pray and witness. And let God work in your life. And He'll make your life what it needs to be. It's not real complicated. I, I think I've told you all that I had a preacher friend years ago when R.G. Lee, the great preacher of all time of that era for sure, uh, he, he, was, he was who you wanted to talk to. And a preacher friend of mine got into his office one day in Memphis, Tennessee and said, Dr. Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Lee, before Dr. Rogers, he said, Dr. Lee, tell me what it is that I need to teach the people of our church so they can live for Christ and really honor Christ. He said, well, son, teach them to pray, teach them to read the Bible, teach them to witness, and be faithful in church. And he told me that. I said, the greatest preacher of our generation ain't no smarter than my mother. I said, that's what my mother told me when I got saved. When I prayed to receive Jesus as my Savior, my mom said, now, you, son, you need to pray every day. You need to read your Bible every day. And you need witness. You need to be faithful to church. The next day, I witnessed Terry Redden. You know why, Terry? Because I wasn't afraid of him. I witnessed to him in the bathroom of the church. I'm sure he thought something was up. But, hey, it's not that complicated, folks. You can get this. Quit making it complicated. Keep it simple. The KISS theory works in Christianity, right? Keep it simple, stupid, and it, it'll work. Save people live changed lives because they do the simple things. They begin to pray, they begin to read the Bible, they go to church, and they begin to witness they don't need this and that and be overcome. They, 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 just, it's just, all of that is just nuts. There's not two tiers of, of Christians. This here that's got the Holy Ghost and then the rest of you. It's 
It's simple, folks. It's one plane. The ground is level at Calvary. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto, unto good works that God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. In John chapter 3, John chapter 3, it says this, and, and you, you need this, you need this if you're not a Christian, but we all need to go back to it from time to time. He says this, verse 14, For as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. What's he talking about? Jesus being nailed to the cross. He said, That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Look to the cross where Jesus died you, by faith, trust Him. You receive what kind of life? Eternal life. It's that simple. Verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son that died on that cross that was like Moses lifted up. He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. S-A-V-E-D. For he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Can I explain salvation to you? It's real simple. You get saved by looking to the cross. And don't make it complicated by adding stuff on after that. Just pray, read the Word, be under the Word, preach and taught and witness, and you'll grow into the Christian God wants you to be. Now, you don't have to go to seminaries and cemeteries and seminars and all this. God can do it simply by your prayer life, in the Word, read, uh, uh, going to church and witnessing. It works that simple. Now, the question is, have you ever trusted Christ? Have you trusted the cross to make you right with God? That's the question. Let's bow our heads and quietly stand our feet. Jesus is seeking and saving the, through the Holy Spirit that which is lost. He's seeking and saving that which is lost. Would you come today and give your life to Jesus and trust Him as your personal Savior? Maybe you need to rededicate your life. You know, as a Christian, there's times that we get away from God in the sense that our fellowship needs to be restored. We can get away from God, not out of His hand, but we can get to the point where we need to rededicate our life to live for Christ. If you need to do that today, we invite you to come. If you've been out, you've been turned off, and you just feel that need, you can come to the altar today and make a new commitment to walk with Jesus. 
You come as we have this music played. Just as I am with Would you come for any reason? Maybe you need to come, pray. We invite you to come. If you need to come and pray. Sing this song out now, if you would, with us. Just as I am and waiting not to Would you give your life to Christ today? Would you trust Jesus as your Savior today? Won't you come right now? You come right now. we go we took play some more I won't give people time to think I believe there's someone here today that would like to make that decision to be a Christian I do believe there's someone here today someone here today that would like to be a Christian and you'd like to make your profession of faith in Christ as your Lord and Savior I invite you to come today. You're in friendly territory. No one's going to persecute you. We're going to rejoice with you. Why don't you come? You haven't followed Jesus in baptism yet, which baptism doesn't save you, but it's a profession of faith. Why don't you come right now and say, Hey, preacher, I want to I be baptized. I want to profess my faith, my faith in Jesus as my Savior. Would you do that today? Anyone else? The invitation's still open. All right, I want to thank you for your attention today. And your attention during the invitation time is so important so important not to run out or not to be talking because we're depending on the Holy Spirit to be speaking to the hearts of people that have been listening. 